How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlik Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. Hello, hello. How's it going, friends? And welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer. And today we're going to be talking about seven things you must do to be happier. Everybody wants to be happier. And if all, and for all of our Shit You Don't Learn in College fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook.com to grab your copy of the new number one bestseller, Shit You Don't Learn in College, also available now on Amazon. Now let's get on with the show. Now, in the end... Argue with this if you want, but in the end, life is kind of about the pursuit of happiness. That's what a lot of us are chasing. Uh, We desire to be happy. We desire to be in joy. It's a heightened emotional state. According to Dr. David Hawkins, um, joy and love and happiness are one of the highest emotional states that a human being can feel. And uh, a lot of what our desires and a lot of what our actions are, as soon as we pull ourselves out of uh, scarcity, meaning the fear of of hurt or pain or anything like that. It's a it is it's a desire for joy. It's a desire for happiness, really. So in the end, life really is about happiness. Think about why do we pursue money, right? We pursue money first of all to pull us out of uh, the fear of of uh, you know not having shelter and and not being able to pay for food. But once you're out of scarcity, why do you want to continue to make money? You want to be able to. Uh, raise your status, which makes you happier, and there's evolutionary reasons for that. You want to be able to buy nice things, which makes you happier. It triggers dopamine in the brain. You want to be able to, uh, if you have a, a higher status, either as a male or a female, you're going to get a more attractive partner, and uh, you know, presumably you'll be you'll be happier and have a nicer home, which will make you happier. Um, and even if you, we all know that you know none of those things really make us happy. Well, what about if we go to the other side of the coin? Why do you want to, you know, I, I'm a coach, and why do I want to impact more lives? Why do I want to serve other people? Well, in the end, right, when I impact someone's lives and when I serve someone, it actually makes me happier, right? It makes me feel fulfilled and happier. In the end, if you think about it, service is actually one of the most selfish things that I can do. When I go to, uh, you know, when I go to a, a gala and I donate a lot of money, it makes me feel immensely valuable. It makes me feel immensely good being able to give to others. And that's a little bit selfish, but I do it anyways, right? Um, because I enjoy it and it helps others. So it's a good thing, but it also makes me feel good at the same time. In the end, a lot of the things that we do is about feeling and being happier. Now, there's a lot of things that can help us become happier. There's a lot of things that actually don't help us become happier, but they think we think they help us become happier. So I want to give you the seven things that you must do. And you can start doing most of these today. The seven things you must do to be a happier person, all right? So number one, be very, very mindful of your inputs. Be very mindful of the things that you take into your brain, take into your subconscious mind. Now, our brain 
is 95% subconscious. It's 95% subconscious and only 5% conscious thinking you. And that 95% of your brain is a lot like a supercomputer. It's programmable, right? And if you didn't know that, well, who do you think is programming that 95% of your brain? It's not you, right? It's the people around you. It's the news. It's the media. It's TV shows. It's the, it's the movies you watch. It's the music you listen to. It's everything, right? So your brain is like a garden. Your brain is like a program. And you got to be really careful who's planting seeds in that garden or who's programming that brain. Because your life, 90% of your brain, or that 95% of your brain dictates 90% of your thoughts, your habitual thoughts, your habitual beliefs, thoughts, actions, and emotions. Now, there was a study that was done at Lehigh University, or sorry, Cornell University called the Lehigh Study, and they found that we have about 60%, uh, sorry, 60,000 uh, thoughts every single day. And about 85% of those 60,000 thoughts are an exact repeat of the day before. They're subconscious, they're programmed, they're on repeat, and they're, you, you don't even get to choose them. Very few of your thoughts are actually consciously thought up. And the rest of them, all these emotions, all these thoughts, all these beliefs, everything going on in your head is subconscious programming. So let's think about that for a second. If our programming controls our thoughts, our beliefs, our emotions, well, then if we can control our our whatever is programming us, then we can actually control our programming. Pretty simple, right? So all you need to do is start to be mindful of the inputs. When you're watching media, is this helping you? Is it helping make you a happier person? Is it helping make you a friendlier, more loving, more successful person? Or is it making you angry, making you upset, sending you into negative spirals? The TV shows that you watch, do they make you a happier person or not? I'm specifically conscious, very, very conscious of whatever I consume the last 45 minutes before bed, because the last 45 minutes before bed, whatever you're consuming, whatever you're reading, whatever you're watching, whatever you're listening to, your brain is going to be marinating on, your subconscious is going to be marinating on for the next seven, eight, nine hours while you sleep. So you need to be very conscious of that. Maddie and I have a rule in our in our house that we won't watch anything negative. Uh, we won't watch anything. Frankly, we don't watch anything negative most of the time. We don't really watch any news. We don't really, uh, uh, you know, watch any media. Um, you know, we'll get our news and our media from our friends and family so that it's a much more condensed version of it. And we don't have to spend hours trying to just take in all the negativity, right? But we won't even watch TV shows or movies that are uh, negative or or too intense or anything, uh, specifically before bed. Have you ever watched a zombie movie right before bed and then you end up having nightmares about a zombie movie? What do you think is programming your subconscious? Why, and you wonder why you're an anxious and worried person. You're watching fucking zombie movies before bed. You're going to think everybody's out there to kill you and get you, and you're always going to be on edge, and you're always going to be stressed out, right? So you need to be very conscious of the stuff that you consume. Personally, I'm a huge fan of Disney. I don't care what age you're at. If you watch Disney... You will program yourself to follow the hero's journey. You will go through trials and tribulations and you will come out the other side successful. Now, I don't know. I don't know if I, uh, um, you know, where I learned this, but I do think that I, I watched too many Disney movies as a kid. So I, I always believed, I always believed that in the end, things will work out. Love will always conquer evil. Uh, love will always conquer uh, evil. Purpose will always conquer fear. Um, you know, fight through your fears, be courageous, be brave, and, and you will help and serve people, right? And I've always believed that because of the media that I've consumed, and I've stayed away from a lot of the negative ones, right? So be mindful of your inputs, number one. Number two, do hard things. Wow, we live in a world that has become so incredibly comfortable. 
I really have no reason to leave my home anymore. I can sit on my couch and I can watch TV and I can I can order food on DoorDash and I can order anything that I ever need on Amazon and it'll be there in the next day or two. I can work from home. I can do anything from my couch. I literally have no reason to do anything difficult anymore. But have you noticed that life has become more comfortable for the world than ever before? And at the same time, there's a higher number of, of issues of stress, issues of depression, issues of anxiety in the world than ever before. And it's all in the first world countries that life is more comfortable than ever before. The reality is there's only two things that really, really make you happy. One of them I will talk about in step number three, but the other one, the second one is pushing yourself, stressing yourself. People think stress is a bad thing. If anybody's ever watched Dr. Kelly McGonigal's talk, TED Talk on stress in 2005, you can Google it if you aren't aware. Stress is not bad. The belief that stress is bad is what's bad. There was a study that found that uh, if you believe that stress is bad, sorry, if you lived a stressful lifestyle, they studied 60,000 people, if you lived a stressful lifestyle, you were 40% more likely to die if and only if you believed stress was bad. If you believe stress was good, you're actually 9% less likely to die. So stress is not bad. In fact, stress is good. Think about any time that you've done something difficult. At the end of it, how did you feel after? When you did something that scared you, when you did something that was difficult, how did you feel after you did it? You felt great. You felt lit up. You felt motivated, right? Inspiration and motivation don't, become, don't come before action. They come after action. They come after doing hard things. So number two is you have to do hard things. There's literally brain chemistry that is wired to release dopamine and serotonin when you accomplish something. It also re releases norepinephrine. That's what creates, it's a perfect cocktail of serotonin, dopamine, and norepinephrine in your brain that creates liquid motivation. And that can only be done by doing hard things, whether it's a tough workout or a difficult decision that you have to make, a scary decision that you have to make, quitting your job, or for me, doing a cold shower or jumping in a cold plunge. I do that every single day. People wonder why I'm such a happy person. Well, it's because I do hard things every single day. Number three, put more energy into less relationships. This is one of the hardest things that I had to learn when I you know, grew through my 20s uh, was that I was starting to find that I had a lot of relationships that were not actually serving me and I wanted to go deeper in ones that did. A lot of people pride themselves on being liked by many people to build status, right? Status is an important part of evolutionary process. The more status we have, the more likely we're going to have a mate pick us because we are, you know, we're the top dog or the top gal, right? So a lot of people want to be liked by more people because that builds status. But the reality is building deeply loved relationships by a few is what builds joy. Being liked by more builds status. Being loved, deeply loved by few builds joy. So one of the exercises that I actually run through is what I call the three by three by three exercise. I lump people in my life, sounds very shallow, but I lump people in my life into either three minute people, three hour people, or three day people. Meaning three-minute people are the people that, like we talked about, be mindful of your inputs. Uh, three-minute people are people that I can't spend too much time around because maybe they're really negative. Maybe they're really down. Maybe they're just constantly talking about you know, how terrible things are. They blame everybody. They complain about their circumstances. I can't take that in because if I surround myself with five smokers, I'm going to become the sixth. Right? I'd rather surround myself with five you know, millionaires that are giving back, that are changing the world so that I can become the sixth. Right? So 
three minute people I can only spend three minutes with because I don't want them planting too many seeds in my gar my garden and my subconscious. Three hour people are people that I can go to dinner with and catch up with every now and then. Maybe they're maybe they're great to catch up with, but I got to be careful because sometimes they have the tendencies to be, uh, you know, take it the other direction. And then there's three day people. And the three day people really, you can normally only count on one or two hands. And these are the people that you would be willing to spend an entire weekend with because they inspire you, they motivate you to be better in, in whatever area it is, in your health, in your relationships, in your, uh, in your business, in your ability to give back the impact you're having on the world. Who are those three-day people? And it might be a lot smaller of a group than you think. It might be just you and your husband or your wife. It might be your kids. It might be a couple of close friends, and that's it. Or it might be a little bit broader. It might be a handful of colleagues that you can do it with or a handful of close friends. But the reality is that number will be much, much less than what you would quantify as your larger acquaintance group or your larger uh, um, friend group at large. These are the people that really truly inspire you. And if you build, if you focus on building deep and loving relationships with those few people, you'll be infinitely happier. That's number three. Number four, be honest with people, right? One of the big reasons that a lot of people are unhappy and upset is because they feel unexpressed. They feel uh, that they are, they are stifled. Self-expression is incredibly important. And if you're not able to express yourself, you will always feel stifled and otherwise, right? That being said, you always have to be able to express yourself tactfully, right? You don't want to be that dick that's just like, James, I hate you and you suck. Tina, you're ugly, right? <laughs> wow, I really went for it there, didn't I? Um, you don't want to be that dick, right? So you got to do it tactfully, but you also have to have the courage and strength to be able to express yourself. This is something that Maddie and I um, you know, really, really focus on our relationship. We want to make sure that uh, each one of us has the opportunity to express no matter how uh, forward or blunt or um, honest it might be. And the other person has the ability to uh, be open to listening and not, not necessarily think that it means that they hate that person, but they just need to get it off their chest, right? The ability to be honest with people and express yourself is an incredibly important uh, trait, an incredibly important thing that you have to practice in order to be a happier person. But be tactful about it. Don't be that dick. All right. Number five, you have to follow your purpose and passion. Now, 81% of people, uh, according to a study by Forbes, 81% of people in nine to fives were either unhappy, disengaged, depressed, stressed, or anxious. 81%, four out of five people in nine to fives were unhappy. And what they found in this study was they found that the high majority was because they weren't doing something they were passionate about or that mattered to them. Right? Think about it. The reality is most people are taken down a path through high school. They're good at something. Then they go to a college to get a degree, to get a good job, to get paid well, to, you know, the story, the white picket fence, the, the good job, the mortgage, the, the family, the 2.5 kids, all of that stuff. Right. And what we're finding more and more in the world today is that that just isn't true. That's not what brings us happiness. And it's commonly known. Right. So the truth is what brings you happiness is doing something that's more aligned with you. And if you have any questions about this, you really, really, really need to get the book shit you don't learn in college because we go through this in a lot more depth than how to actually find clarity on your purpose and passion. The truth is most people don't follow their purpose and passion, frankly, because they aren't 100% clear on that direction that they need to go to. But once you get clear on it, it makes it very easy to go down that path and start to be happier. Chase happiness and money and wealth and fulfillment will come. Number six, pretty easy one that anybody can implement today. Laugh and smile more. Uh, Xander, that's the reason I'm trying to figure out how to be happier so that I can laugh and smile more. Well, you got it backwards. You have to laugh and smile more and it'll make you a happier person. Laughing and smiling actually triggers your happy hormones. Try this exercise. I want you to go sit and smile and just laugh. You, you can close the door, lock the door, close the window so that nobody can hear you. Set a timer, sit and smile and laugh. Just force yourself to laugh. 
for 60 seconds. It will be the weirdest thing that you have ever done. At the same time, you will feel totally different after you do it. A forced smile, standing up, changing your posture, anything like that, the physiology actually releases the hormones. So smiling actually releases serotonin and oxytocin into your blood. It will actually force you to start to feel happier. You don't have to do it the other way around. You don't have to be happy to smile. You can smile and it'll force you to be happy. So laugh and smile more. If you really need some help with it, just go find something on YouTube, some stand-up comedy that makes you smile, makes you laugh. This is why cat cat photos on TikTok and Instagram are are you know blown up because everybody it just forces you to be a little bit happier and smile a little bit more, right? So if you need to use TikTok and you need to use Instagram to help you get there, go for it, right? And then the last thing and most important thing in my opinion is meditate. Right. I talk about this every now and then on podcasts, but meditation is by far one of the most important things in my life. And it has helped me grow mentally, emotionally, spiritually. It's helped me grow my business. It's helped me grow my relationships with, with Maddie. Um, in my opinion, my spiritual and meditation practice uh, is at the root, and I'm not saying religious practice, my meditation practice is at the root of all of my success and everything else in life. And it's scientifically proven to make you happier, healthier, communicate better, even make you better looking. When you meditate, you actually release the hormones that cause you to look younger and start to radiate. You ever seen that person that just seems to radiate and you're like, wow, I know that person's like 45, but they look like they're 30 and they just radiate energy and I can't figure out why. I guarantee that they meditate, right? If you don't know how to meditate, start easy. Start with the, the Calm app or the Headspace app. But personally, I think that any everybody should hire a meditation coach. And the reason for that is because when you pay a little bit of money to a coach, you're going to actually put in the work to actually get it done. So that's all we got for today's show. Don't forget that knowledge without action yields nothing. So if you, uh, so make sure to implement what you learn here with us. Uh, and for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, if you've gotten any, any value from our podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook.com, S-Y-D-L-I-C book.com to grab your copy of the new number one bestseller, Shit You Don't Learn in College, the book available now. All right, that's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton.